hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off the Bench podcast. Have you ever thought about why? So why you're doing the job you're doing, why you get out of bed in the morning, what is your why in life? And I tell you, I love this stuff because I firmly believe that your why is everything. Your why is your North Star. It's the thing that gets you up every morning. Today's guest is going to tell us all about our why and why your why is important. So let me tell you about it. Lisa Shermerhorn is a transformational leader, award-winning speaker, and expert in the fields of human behavior, leadership, and personal development. She also trained in the winner's mindset with Bob Reese, the former head trainer of the New York Jets, and helped a professional golfer win Golfer of the Year. As a certified hypnotherapist and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, She helps entrepreneurs and high performers get from where they are to where they want to be much faster than conventional coaches. She has also helped people with pain reduction, memory loss, and stress reduction using virtual reality. Lisa is also trained as a why coach, helping people discover their why based on Simon Sinek's Know Your Why. Lisa not only helps individuals discover their why, but she also helps people discover the why of their business and how to use it in your branding. Lisa is a mum of two amazing adult children and lives in Vermont with her rescue dog, Lily, who she rescued at 10 years old from a high kill shelter. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Actually, you did a little bit of the painting that I did of her. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. She's beautiful. She's a staffy, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She is. She's absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I recommend adopting seniors. Actually, she's coming over to me now. She knows we're talking about her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said her, I said her name. It's a, yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I think um, adopting, well, d- definitely adopting rescue dogs, but, um, you know, old ones. Oh, we were just about to adopt an old dog for our, for our big boy buddy. And because um, he's a Bernese mountain dog and they don't live long. So he's probably only got a you know a couple of years left in him. And we thought we'll get an old dog so that he's got a companion and, you know, they'll, they'll pass at the same time sort of thing. But I, I went to a friend's house and she fosters um, puppies or not puppies, just dogs, fosters um, rescue dogs. And there was one there. And I said, you know, I need to rescue a dog. I need to adopt another one and we'll get an old one and, but this dog the whole time's around with my legs. And she said, ah, what, what about this one? You know, and I'm like, can I have it? Can I take it out? So she's, only, <laughs> she's only three, but she's um she's absolutely adorable. And at least she's a rescue. So yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're awesome. 
So you've got, um, you know, like we talked about you being a transformational uh, coach and, you know, NLP and you're doing the Why Institute stuff now, Why Coach for helping people find their why, which I think is such an important thing. We'll get into that soon. But you've got 20 years experience, over 20 years experience, doing yeah. this kind of work, you know, pulling out the amazing stuff out of people and unlocking them. Like what led you to that? Oh, uh, well, I wish I could say it was a happy story. <laughs> Most people say this. But, um, yeah, it was about 20 years ago and I had a bit of a breakdown. I was suicidal over some things that were happening in my life. I was going to therapy sometimes two and three times a week and nothing was helping me. I just couldn't get any relief. And I just was in, in agony and someone had recommended a hypnotist. Mm. I was like, I'd never been to a hypnotist. I didn't know anything about it. And I went to see her and I started feeling better. And I thought she was so amazing. I wanted to, to do, I wanted to be her. So I trained in everything that she did. So I became a hypnotist. I became, um, I, I got my master practitioner license in uh, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, um, all different really cool things that I started studying. And then I realized I can't be her. I have to figure out who I am. And a whole bunch of really amazing stories that happened that led me to start studying with indigenous tribes and working uh, and studying shamanism and different places around the world. And that was amazing. I studied energy medicine. And then I got into the why. Wow. And so it, it's been an amazing journey. But, you know, I realized that for 20 years, I was seeking me now. I wish I could have found myself <laughs> 20 years ago. So I studied all the things that I wish that I could have had for me. Yeah. Yep, that weren't there. You all the way through this, I'm going to say wow, and you're going to say why. <laughs> I love that story, but why did you? Um, what happened? You know, what happened that caused you to be in such a bad state in the first place? Yeah, I had uh, some abuse from childhood, and I the memory started coming up, mm. and I didn't know what to do with it all. And it was impacting me in a really bad way. And I was struggling and I didn't have any help. I lost family members over it. Uh, it, it, it I, I lost everyone pretty much in my life. Mm. And I was very alone and um, I had nowhere to go. Mm. I had nowhere to go. I didn't know what to do with the memories. I didn't know what to do with it. And I thought, is this real or am I making it up? You know, what do I do with this? Mm. And so doing the work and studying, because what happened was I had no sense of self. I had no idea who I was. I always, I always had this attitude, if everyone else was happy, I could be happy. Mm. And uh, as a child, I, I went, I got into Rhode Island School of Design and in and a, and a summer program. And my parents came to pick me up and I'd cut my own hair and was wearing like yard sale clothing. And they're like, you're not going to art school. <laughs> they were afraid I was going to be a poor star starving artist and become weird. So um, they said no. And, uh, and I just always acquiesced. I always just gave my power away. And, um, I, and then I found myself in, in a marriage that was perfect at the time. Mm. I have two beautiful children. I'm very grateful for that, but it got to a point where I knew it wasn't working and we were both unhappy. And that was a struggle because that was all I knew. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I was scared 
And again, not having a sense of self, knowing who I am, knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. I was always envious of people who had that passion and just knew. Mm. Um, even my ex-husband, like when he first graduated college, we met young and he all he talked about was work. He just loved it. And I loved listening to him. I always loved listening to people who are really passionate about what they did. And I was like, well, I love being a mom. And, and that was fine, but there was this emptiness inside. I didn't know what else I was here for and what else I had to contribute to the world. What, mm. what did, would I have to offer? Mm. Wow. It's, it's, you hit on so many good points there. It's like we, we can never find ourselves. To, you know, it's so hard when people ask you, what are you passionate about? Or, what do you love doing? A lot of people, and particularly women, you know, in their 40s in particular, it starts, I don't know. You know, I've given up my life to raising the kids and, you know, making sure my husband's job was safe and all this kind of right. stuff. And and it's kind of like, I don't know what matters to me. Do you, you know, and it's, um, and you also mentioned about, you look around and everyone else is happy and yet yet that's that's a facade too do you, you know it's kind of like well what's wrong with me why why can't I be happy and I yeah I can't tell you how many people t- told me we thought you had the perfect marriage we thought you had the perfect life yeah yeah so people look at you from the outside and and see something that's completely different than what's going on in the inside yeah and I think yeah. that's so true for most people you know we we because we're not all running around going oh my life's miserable you know we're not well some are but most of us are not you know are doing our best to kind of keep that in and it's um I don't think anybody's life's perfect you know and and the sooner we can realize that and say well you know we're all in the same boat we're all just battling everyone's doing their best you, you know and we're just trying to make the best of the life we live and Unfortunately, it takes us until we're in our usually late 40s, 50s, until we start to come to terms with that and start to accept it. Yeah, I started my journey at 38. And um, I was always envious of the people are are really the younger generation seem to be a lot more in tuned. Mm. They they don't put up with having to go along with everyone. And, and I have this envy of that sense of self that a lot of kids have. Mm. Um, I didn't get that till much later in life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every day is still an exploration. Every day I'm still, you know, what else can I bring in? What, what else can I learn? It, it's, it's uh, you know, I never stop. I never stop learning and self-discovery. Yeah. But I think we should all be on that path. That's such a such a good thing to constantly learn and constantly research and constantly explore and discover. Yeah. Boy, there's always something to discover hidden down deep in us, isn't there? And you know, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I remember when I was studying and we had this meditation that we had to do, and they asked us to find this part of ourselves that we didn't like. And so I remember doing this meditation and I saw this like grim reaper and I saw this like oozing, disgusting thing. And I kept saying to myself, I'm not that I'm not that that's not me. And then something inside of me said, just own it, just honor it doesn't mean you act on it, just own it. And I touched it. And I, I said, thank you. And it became this angel. It was like this ethereal thing that suddenly flew away. And I realized that you can't know this unless you know this. And and both are part of you. So unless you know the darkness and honor the darkness in you and the light, then you can be whole. 
because some of the biggest work I do is people, when, when you suppress those parts of you or the traumas or any of the beliefs, when you suppress it, it has to go somewhere. Mm. And so it comes out, it manifests physically. People often will have manifest in physical issues because they haven't dealt it because they're like, I don't want to feel the pain. I'm like, you're living it. You don't realize it, but you're living in physical pain all the time because you're not dealing with it. Oh, I'm sorry. My dog is barking. <laughs> Lily, stop. <laughs> Lily, yes. So anyway, um, yeah. So once we once we own that in, in ourselves, then we can feel whole. Yeah. Because this is the thing. It made me realize that it was my gift. Because not that I'm going to act on that part of me that I denied, but I know it. So I recognize it. So I recognize it in others and it made me a better healer. Yeah. It made me a better person because I see people are like, how do you know that? How, how do you possibly know that about me? It's like, because you're a mirror of me. Mm, yep. I'm just one tiny step ahead of you. Mm. That's all. Yeah. And it's when you talk about, you know, uh, manifesting into other physical issues, but sometimes, right. you know, sometimes it can, can be like, we, we know it's there. We know there's something and we're just deliberately right. suppressing it. And other times we don't know it's there, you know, and it's still manifesting in, in, behaviors or in patterns or in beliefs or you know in all sorts of things that are going on around our environment and and often we don't know they're there now well for me you know I, I, my story with you and 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 how I met you and you know I think you're a brilliant healer like I Aww, you know and thank I've, you no I've, and I've said that to you you know you just got this you've got this knack of exactly what you said of just understanding and just feeling and I don't know what you do it's magic but anyway you did some work on me and but it was about money, you know, and I mean, we've all got these goddamn money blocks, you know, and I just couldn't seem to get past it. But I was doing everything on the surface. I was doing everything that I short, thought I should be doing or could be doing. And I didn't I didn't know. So and so this is the difference is do we seek help? You know, like a lot of us are, are kind of like, well, I'm just still doing everything I can and there's nothing I can do. But recognizing I'm stuck. I can't get it and then seeking help. And I'm going to talk more on this, but you want to say something, I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> no, because the, the problem is, is that we are programmed. We are programmed from the time we are in the womb. Yep. And so the most fascinating thing is we go through our lifetime with behaviors we don't even know are ours. Yep. We have entire belief systems that, that aren't ours. Yep. We take on our mothers, our fathers, we take on everyone else's, our teachers, our friends, because we want to fit in. And, and oftentimes there's a confusion there. We don't know mm. what our beliefs are yep. and, and how to deal with it. So tell us, I'm going to talk more on my story, but you tell us this bit first, yeah. because tell us about this inherited generational trauma. You know, I, I can't remember the proper, the proper word for it. I asked oh. you the, Epigenetics. 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 <laughs> I yes. did write it down, but I don't have it in front of me. Epigenetics. So, so where things are passed down through generations, and we don't even know it's there, and yet it's sitting there, absolutely undoing us. Tell us about that, and then I'll tell you that I'll I'll share the story that you unblocked in me. Oh, I'm sorry, I felt bad interrupting you. Then no, um, no, no. This is this was so fascinating to me because when I talk about studying with the indigenous people. 
that's a lot of the work that they do is they work with ancestors. And then when I just discovered epigenetics, it's the science behind what these, what these people do. And it's so fascinating. So what they've actually found is up to seven generations back. If you have an ancestor who experienced a trauma or a belief system that can carry on to you and you can be acting that out unconsciously, you have no idea why you have that. For instance, they actually did a study with rats, lab rats, where they had them smell the smell, smelled like cherries, like an almond cherry smell, some chemical, and then they would shock them every time they smelled it. So then they associated it and they were afraid of that smell. So then you have two generations later who had never, ever been exposed to um, a shock. They, they just bring the smell in and the rats would run. Wow. Yeah. So, and they have also done studies of um, Holocaust victims and their descendants and that they found that they had an extraordinary amount of cortisol that fight or flight hormone in their body. They also did study um, in the Netherlands during World War II, at the end, uh, the Nazis had cut off the food supply. And so what they did was that they had cut off the food supply and people starved, 20,000 people died. And so they studied the women who were pregnant at the time and their descendants and their children. And they found that they had uh, often, they were overweight they were always obsessed with the whole idea of um, never having enough food. And there was a higher amount of schizophrenia wow. because from all of the fear. Yeah. Wow. There were incredible amount of studies. So we can carry like when someone has this fear of heights and they're like, I don't have a reason for this mm. fear of heights mm. or whatever. It can be something that's been passed down to you. God, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is absolutely fascinating. Like, and when, you know, because when I came to you, right, so I did some work, you know, on, um, well, I don't know, just on me. I just felt like I was stuck and I had to do something. So I did some work with Janet Hogan. She suggested, you know, go to Lisa. You know, she's fantastic. She didn't actually tell me personally. She just said she'd done some work with you. And so, you know, I, I did... Um, you know, contact Lisa. And it was absolutely fascinating because I went to Lisa with this uh, belief that, that I'd already worked out with Janet, that my, uh, I, I believed that people, other people believed I wasn't bringing value to the table. And yet I was trying to associate it to all these things that happened in my life. Oh, you know, well, my cat got put down when I was a kid, I wasn't listened to, but they weren't really big things. Do you know, like they weren't really traumatic. And I, I was thinking, God, you're a bit of a silk, Karen, because you're, you're kind of associating this whole big thing with these little events, which I still think are relevant. But then after doing the work with you, you know, you we, we, we opened up that, um, it was it actually came from my mum and and her sister died from um, have a hole in her heart and she was a young sister to my mum and mum was off in the city working and uh, she came home she'd always bring her home toys every weekend and one weekend she come home and her younger sister wasn't there and she said to her mum my grandmother you know where's Margaret and she said she's dead just like that she's dead and can I can I see her no you can't and you're not coming to the funeral now my mum was um you know like an, a young adult and 
Oh, that that story when she's told me that through through my life, even when I was younger, that story has always upset me. Do you know? And I've thought, why? Why would anyone do that? And I now I understand why I've been so dramatically upset every time she's told me that story, and it's impacted me. And so through working with you, you know, I I came to understand that my all my blockages and my beliefs about my value have come from an issue that mum had caused by her mother. And it's, um, there's no way that you could get to that yourself. There is just no way that you could um, rationalise that with a sane head. You just can't come to that kind of information. So I think this work is, is absolutely exceptional. And and I don't know what you did because I don't think you did anything. You just, just sort of just sat there, but <laughs> you did a you did a few things. But <laughs> it changed. Well, here's the thing: I believe that everyone has the answers within themselves. Yeah. They just have to find it. Yeah. Right. So all I'm doing is tapping into your subconscious mind and asking your subconscious mind to go to the root cause. Boom. There you go. I couldn't. I didn't find it. You found it. I just ask the questions. I always say I'm a detective. I have the ability to ask the questions and lead people to find their own answers within. Yeah. Well, was so and and that. No, I was going to say that was missing in my situation because there's no way, you know, if you go to therapy and I needed therapy, I needed someone to talk to. I have no problem with that. But I was really good at telling the therapist what they wanted to hear. <laughs> I wasn't getting the help I needed. I wanted to impress her. I wanted to be her best patient. <laughs> I love it. It's you're so you're so right though about asking the right questions, you know. And and, and I remember, I just think I'll never forget that day sitting there with you it was over Zoom. This was the you know, the I love Zoom. I really love it, you know. You, you, gone are the days you have to sit in a therapist's room, you know, and, you know, get on the couch and feel guilty and answer the right questions. But it was, um, I'll never forget that, you know, the, the way it, that that story about my, you know, what are you thinking? And I'm like, oh, I, I'm thinking a story that is so disconnected from all this, you know, and boom, out it came. And it was fantastic. So, God, I, I, I recommend it. I, I really do it's it's absolutely amazing and now tell us about because you've you've done all this work with you know nlp hypnotherapy and you've done amazing work on me because i now ask for money and i'm starting to put food back on my table and it's fantastic and i'm not apologetic about it at all and this it's been a massive shift in me but one of the things that i believe in strongly and you believe in strongly is that is our, our, our why you know and we sell it in different ways and when I say sell it you know I don't mean money sell but we we sort of come from different angles but at the end of the day we end up meeting at this beautiful intersection anyway and for me it's about you know when people are kickstarting projects and stuff like that it's about for me the why is their north star the, the, the why is their motivator it's that thing when everything goes goes to shit because it does when you're starting projects when you're building a business it that's the thing that gets you back out of bed every single day and it's um I love it you take it from a little different angle but as I said we both come to this beautiful intersection so tell us why you went tell us why you became <laughs> super excited about why 
So when I talked about earlier, how I had no sense of self as a child, um, I was always different. I was always, I never felt like I fit in. I got bullied a lot and I didn't understand the power in that. And that because I was different, that I like to be different. I didn't understand that that was my gift. I always thought of it as something that, oh, Lisa's the weird one, or Lisa's, you know, doesn't fit in, or Lisa's this or that. And so I always struggled with that because when you when you're the black sheep of your family and you don't fit in, it it makes you feel less than. Mm. It makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. You're broken. When I did my why, my why is someone who likes to challenge conventional thinking. So it's challenge people who think differently. And I was like, that's my gift. And what's so beautiful about it is it's not just your work, your why in impacts everything you do, because I'm different. I live in a log cabin in the middle of Vermont in the middle of nowhere, you know, and I love it. Um, It's where I vacation. It's how I vacation. It's the type of car I drive. Everything that I do I do it from a place of wanting to be unique and different. I don't want to be like anyone else. Mm. And so when I discovered that about myself, I got to a place where I was like, I honored that instead of having shame around it, I honored it. And that was a huge light bulb in me that I could see. I became aligned. I was like, okay, because every decision that I make now, is it different? Is it unique? Is it something different for me? And, and so that, that's a driver for me mm. in all aspects of my life. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And so you're doing this with the, um, the Y Institute. It just sort of takes a whole new perspective of it. Like I did it with you the other day, do you know, and, and it was my big, my Y is contribution. And, oh, wow, surprise, surprise. Do you know, there's nothing at all that surprised me about that. But um, it's, it's, you know, so my, uh, after working with, with you, you know, my, my why is contri- contributor, um, my what is trust and my how is uh, thinking different and, and challenging as, as your why is. And it's, uh, you know, when you put that all in together and, and here's an example. What I do is, is I bring trust, you know, and I really do bring trust and, um, and how I do it is I get people to think differently and challenge them and, you know, and, you know, my, my why, the contributor, is, is why I do what I do. And it's just to make a better world, you know, and everything I do. And I'm not selling it very well. I'm not, I'm not making it sound fantastic, but it is fantastic because tell us about when you talk to me about, you know, it's almost like um, uh, like I won't do work with anyone outside of that you know we were talking about that and it's such a like trust yeah when you discovered that trust was a huge part of what you do yeah and then you realize that if if you can't trust someone you're not working with them yep and when you know that about yourself you can arm yourself with this and when you talk to other people you can say you know what trust is really important to me Mm. and so if you do something that you know, makes me believe that I can't trust you, you're out. Mm. So you can almost put them on notice and let them know that trust is really critical for you because it's more important to you. Other people will give second and third chances with you. You might, 
But for the most part, no, because once you see something in someone that you don't, that they don't share the same values as you, then it's a really hard, it's really hard. Um, integrity is everything for you. We talked about that. And if someone is out of integrity, you don't trust them. And then you, you're not going to interview them. You don't want them in your life and you won't even have them in your events. Yeah. And that's so true. That's so true. I'm, I, I got a real big issue with that. And, I don't, and, you know, I thought it was an issue, but now I don't think it's an issue. Now I think, no, damn it, that's who I am. And, and now I feel actually quite quite good about, you know, drawing that line in the sand and, and rather than me, sometimes I feel like, you know, I have felt until I had this conversation with you, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I felt I was kind of like, well, I think I'm intolerant. You know, I think I've got this sort of, um, you know, maybe maybe I'm too too hard on people and too intolerant. But when, once I did that uh, this process with you, it was kind of like, yeah, actually, I like that. I like the fact that trust is such a such an important thing to me that if you break it. And, and it is true because if people break, I give them a couple of chances, I have to admit, because I just think benefit of the doubt, you could be having a bad day, everyone needs to grow and learn, but there's a point in me where I just snap and that's it, you're off, you're out and you never get back in, you'll never come back. No, and that's that's true, you're, you're done. And And so how did that feel when you finally had that, when you owned it? Fantastic. Exactly. It's the owning it. I have a client who's in France and he is a consultant to engineers and his why is simplify. So he has the ability to take, like, if you have a recipe that's 10 steps, he could do it in eight. Yeah. He can take a five page email and bring it down to four bullet points. That's his gift. Wow. But here was the funny part. He couldn't justify charging you know, the hours, because he could take all that information and boom, give it back. Once he understood that was his superpower and other people couldn't do that, he was like, oh, I get it. This is the gift I bring. I said, yes, because you're taking complex information from an engineer and now you're bringing it to a layman. Now they can understand it and, and they get it. And now he helps people in your entrepreneurs, you know, pitch there and he'll help them put their pitch deck together. And he's like, simple, make it simple and easy to understand. And he doesn't understand why people don't get that <laughs> because he can't handle chaos. Yeah. And so he thought there was something wrong with him. And now he's tripled his, he's tripled his fees mm. because he honors and understands what his value is. Yeah. Yeah, it really does put into perspective, doesn't it? It really does. And like, it does. I, I, I love it, you know, and it's, and the, my other thing is think different, you know, the people I want to work. So it, basically I came down to this, you know, I only want to work with people and that doesn't mean I'll exclude people unless there's a trust issue. Trust issue. But, um, you know, I really, really want to work with people who who want to contribute and help themselves, but also help the world. People I can trust and also people who are prepared to challenge you know, challenge the status quo. And, and yet yeah. when, when, now that I've got that in that sort of context, it's context, it's context. It's kind of like, I know who I want to work with. And before I was wishy-washy and kind of like, oh yeah, well maybe they can, you know, maybe I can work with them. And now I'm much more, no, if you don't fit into those categories, well, if I've got time, I'll help, but I'm giving priority to, I'm giving priority to those people. Exactly. For the for the people who have contribute as the as part of their why, how and what, they have a hard time saying no. 
So they give too much. And it's, it's the largest number of people who's have that in there as a why yeah. it's the, and, and so, so many people like to give and give and give, and they don't understand the importance of reciprocity, that it's important that you receive. Yeah. And the other part of it is just, you know, when you own that, now, you know, what your why, how, and what is, if it's, if someone asks you to do something and it's not in alignment, you can use this mm. as a barometer. Yep. It doesn't fit into my why, how, or what. So I'm not going to contribute as well to that. I'd rather put my energies into something that is in alignment with who I am. And that's where I'm going to say my yes. Mm. And then I, and it gives you permission to say no. Yep. And that is a problem. I know, you know, with contributors with me, you know, is that we want to help everybody. We do want to help everybody. Absolutely. And and I haven't had, prior to this, I haven't really had a barometer. To, to say yes or no or anything else. And sometimes I, I guess I know by my feeling, but I just still didn't have that. But now I feel like I've got this little bodyguard sitting next to me saying, no, no. <laughs> but here, how many people override that feeling, especially contributors? Yep. yep. We override that all the time. We, we suppress it. We push it down. Yeah, I'm not supposed to feel that. Mm-hmm. So, so as we talked about that, there's nine whys. And what happened was, if you're familiar with Simon Sinek's work, yeah. um, he did a TED talk about the importance of knowing your why. And Gary Sanchez went to Simon and said, you know, this is amazing. How do you find your why? I need to know this. And Simon said, I don't know. It's important. But you have to figure that out yourself. <laughs> So Gary went on for 10 years interviewing thousands of people and discovered that there's nine whys. And he also discovered we have a why, a how, and a what. So that's what you were talking about with your trust, challenge, and contribute. And and order is important. So mine is, is challenge. I challenge conventional thinking. How I do that is I'm always looking for a better way. So better way. And then what I bring is the ability to make sense out of complicated situations and problems. Mm. Now, when you have a business, you want to look at your avatar, the person who you want to work with and what their why is. And then you make your why around that. Mm. Because the part of your body, the limbic system, the part of your brain that makes decisions is the feeling part. We all think it's the analytical, but it's the feeling part. So when you talk about your why, it's compelling. Mm. If you talk about how you do something or what you do, people are like, well, there's 20 other people or 50 other people who do the same thing. Mm. Why why should I come to you? What is it that makes your story so different? Mm. And so it's, it's that emotion when you go to buy a car and you're like, I'm just going to spend, you know, $20,000 on a car and you leave the lot with a $40,000 car because yeah. <laughs> it reminded you of something and you're like, I have to have it. it, it it's, it's that emotional decision. And then we get home and go, what yeah. do? I don't know why I did it. It's the uh, most decisions are, are emotionally driven. Mm. So when you have a business and you integrate your why, how, and your what, then you can increase your sales, increase your business. You bring your why into your branding. Mm. And so my, my partner and I, I, interestingly, Kevin Martin, he's also a hypnotist and a uh, master NLP practitioner. And we balance each other out really well. And what's interesting, we have the same why, Mm -hmm. which is challenge. Mm -hmm. We have the same how, which is better way. 
but he has contribute and mine is make sense. But so we worked together and then we said, well, I love to contribute. It's probably number four, but what I bring is the ability to make sense. But we were able to come together, figure out our avatar. And so our why, how, and what for our business, we put it together um, in a way that would really help people better understand. Because part of the problem that I had was for 20 years, I couldn't explain to people what I did. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't understand all coaches do limiting beliefs. That's what they're there for. They're helping you overcome blocks. So why would someone want to see me versus anyone else? Mm. But when I, when I went to the place of, so we challenge ordinary thinking because innovation requires uh, an extraordinary approach. And how I do that is to help people get into alignment to achieve explosive growth. Mm. And what I bring is the ability to make clients unstoppable in three to six months because mm. I do it faster. That's what makes me different. Because as you said, in one session, in one session, I can't promise that for everyone, but <laughs> you can do really significant work. I'm going to get myself into trouble. Yes. Um, but there are people who can do really significant transformative work. I always say for me, I took, it was like 20 years of my own therapy, mm. you know, down to six months because I'm not a therapist. That's not what I do because I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm helping people discover what they already know. They're just going into their subconscious mind because you have your own divine wisdom that you connect to. Mm. And your truth is different than my truth, which is not different than my partner's truth. We just want to be in align in alignment with who we are. And that's what the why helps. And that's what, when you, when you pull out all the debris, all of the belief systems, you know, it's really interesting, you know, depending upon what part of the country you live in, what, you know, your culture, your religion, there's so many things that impact your teachers. I had, I work with golfers and I had a golfer who at 20 years old, he was one of, he was at the top of his game. He was unbelievable at putting and he had a bad day. And someone walked up to him and said, gee, it's really too bad. You don't know how to putt. Otherwise you'd be a phenomenal golf pro. He couldn't putt after that. He took that in and believed it and it messed up his game for 20 years. I wow. sat with him for an hour and a half. We released the belief that he couldn't putt and he went out and played nine holes. He called me goes best game I've played in years. Mm. Wow. Someone can say something so subtle in elementary school, you'll never amount to anything. And then you, or, or the meta messages about money. You talk about, you know, belief around money. I do a talk about that and I show a picture of a mansion. And then I say, I ask everyone who here wants to make a million dollars a year and everyone raises their hand. And I say, tell me about the people who live in that house. And there was like, they hate each other. They're getting a divorce. Their kids hate them. I'm like, oh my God. They can't afford to heat the house. And I was like, okay, if you want to make a lot of money, why would you, if you think that people with money are bad or evil? And so what people don't understand is there's a lot of people who are philanthropic and people who are very quiet about their money. What you see is what people see is on TV and they get programmed to think that people with money are evil and bad and selfish. Uh, and it's so true. It's just one comment, isn't it? You know, one comment or one yeah. interpretation can just uns unsettle you forever I love that what you're saying about um you know the cont contributor is the biggest one and the the reason 
I love that is because that gives me hope for a better world. Do you know that if there's so if there's such a vast array of people that are wanting to contribute because that tells me that so many people are wanting to make a better world. Do you you know for for others and well I love I I love it too. And you know what? You need contributors everywhere. Every company must have it because they're the ones that are holding everyone else up. You can't run a company without a contributor. You can't because you have to have someone behind the scenes that's making everything happen. Who is and, and contributors tend to be very selfless people. They have huge hearts and they will give and give and give and give. And, and so it's important to honor that and also work with contributors and make sure that they know that they learn to receive. Because it's like you're emptying your bucket. If you have, you know, a glass of water that you're pouring out, unless you're refilling, you empty. And that's not healthy. Yeah. When most people come to you, what's the biggest challenge that you see? A lot of them come for money issues. A lot of them are projecting a lot of their behaviors and belief systems from their childhood, and they project their past into their future. Yeah. It's very hard for them to stay in the present moment. Mm. And so if someone has scarcity as an issue for them, they're always living their life through that belief of scarcity. Uh, get a lot of fear of success, fear of failure, um, anything that was a belief system from a family member or something that happened in their childhood, a trauma that, that just keeps repeating. It's that, that hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. When you start doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same, the different result. And what's interesting is that is if we keep behaving the same way and keep attracting the same people, then we go, aha, see, it's true. I told you so. <laughs> so we keep confirming it over and over again, because if you see the eye, do you see the world through the eyes of, of lack of trust? And you believe that people are untru- untrustworthy, then your mind is going to seek out people and you're going to start attracting people you can't trust. Mm-hmm. So you get to confirm, oh, no one, that person's not trustworthy. That person isn't trustworthy. I can't trust people. Mm-hmm. When you release that and you heal that, you don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the second biggest issue that's bothering you. So on and so on. And it's it's that it's that, you know, onion that you're always removing the the layers because you know, I, I, I'm always working on myself. I'll be working on myself to the day I die. There's always something new I can learn. There's always something new that, that, um, impacts me in some way. And and how many times I thought that I had worked on that already. And here it comes again, because you're seeing it through a different angle, you know, we, we learn in this spiral where we just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. Well, well, some people do. And it's, 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 if we've, you know, some people say it's, um, I know, I can't go there. No, I I don't want to deal with that shit. You know, that's too deep. But in actual fact, it's very liberating. Do you know, if if you can just, I always liken it to, well, look at that oasis over there, that beautiful green pasture with a little waterfall. Yeah, and that's great. But to get there, you have to go through the, uh, you know, the path of blackberries. And you're going to get scratched and you're going to get beaten up, but it's all all worth it. Just go through the goddamn blackberries, you know, and, and get to this place where I think it's, um you know, a lot of people are, are too scared to, and I, I get it, but I don't agree. I think that we have to, we have to face some things just to make a better life. 
But here's something that was really interesting to me. I had a client who was raised and had a perfect life. He said it was an idyllic kind of, I don't know, in the US, I always refer to it um, as Mayberry RFD. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was like this 1950s perfect life. And what happened was he never developed the skill set to deal with life. And he went into college and had a lot of trauma because he, he didn't know that people could be mean. He didn't know how to handle difficult situations because he was so sheltered. He became anorexic. Wow. And I'd never seen a man anorexic. I'd, I'd seen women as anorexic, but it was a way that he had to control um, you know, his life because he felt so out of control. Mm. So we like to say we'd like to shelter our children and shelter each other and protect each other. But unfortunately, our gifts come from those difficult scenarios. And, and so I have learned to thank those parts. Forgiveness is also key. Mm. And uh, I do a lot of work around forgiveness. And there's a Hawaiian prayer called the Ho'oponopono. Mm. And it's based, um, the, the, there's magic around it. But uh, when you forgive and you let go of it's like a backpack walking around with bowling balls. When you can let that go and you walk around, there's a freedom that comes and then miracles happen in your life. Mm. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, see, you get me all excited when I talk to you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should talk more often. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. When you were talking about, you know, the, the scanning and, you know, and part of our brain, the reticular activating system, and this is what happens, isn't it? You know, it scans to scans to validate everything. And I always, I used to teach it in class, you know, that we've got the two parts, the, you know, emotional refractory period and the reticular activating system. And they're, they're actually, they're, they're having a little a love affair in your brain and you don't know that they're having this thing. And, you know, the, the emotional refractory period hits a peak and, and you don't, you're like, oh, and you react, but then your reticular activating system kicks in and goes, Psst, told you. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, you don't know that they're having this conversation, but they're really undoing you. <laughs> and, and, but isn't it, it doesn't the reticular activating system, it's the, also the part when you buy a particular model of car it's and then you see it everywhere on the highway. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought I was different. And now I see that car everywhere. Because it scans, it scans to validate. It scans, you know, it scans everything. Yeah. It, the reason I used to teach that is because I would draw it on the whiteboard, you know, and draw draw how we have all these emotional triggers and everything else. And and once people actually saw it drawn, you know, they're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And I say, so now you've seen it, you know what's happening. All you gotta do is start talking to your reticular activating system and say, all right, I know you're here to help me. You're here to keep me safe. Right now, I need to be in, in control. So thanks for your opinion. I'll check back in later. Did, you know, and you can start to actually, you know, dumb it down. And I don't mean disappear it because we actually need it because we don't want to step off the curb and hit be hit by a bus. You know, we need the safety, right. but um, you can actually start to work with it. You know, and, and say, no, in this situation, let me be in charge, you know, and, and it actually does work. And it's um, re-engages your neocortex, you know, by doing that, stops you getting into a hijack. And it's just fantastic. Once you once I did used to do this on the whiteboard, everybody would say, oh, my God, 
Oh my God, that is so simple. That's so simple. It is simple. And when you learn, there's also some really amazing techniques that people can use to identify, like feeling it in your body. Yep. When you feel something in your body, and then what I teach them is it's the emotional release method. And where do you feel that in your body? Give it a number. And then you repeat, should I let it go? Yes. Could I let it go? Yes. When now? And as you repeat it, you're releasing it from your cellular body. And so it's no longer attached to you. Mm. And so something that would trigger you is suddenly now gone. You're neutral on it. Mm. And And those are the techniques that I use along with the hypnosis, along with a number of other techniques. But I have this one that's, that's kind of magical because your peripheral vision, there's something that you do with your fingers and you kind of, you use them and you go out and you wait until you get to you, you're just at the edge of your, your um, peripheral vision and you do a lazy eye and take a deep breath. And you automatically, it just relaxes you. Mm. And you get to a point where you don't have to use your fingers anymore. You just kind of go into that. It's the alpha state. Yeah. And it's a place where you retain more information. So you do that before you have to study for a test or you're about to take the test because you're retrieving it from the same place. Yeah. So there's all kinds of mind hacks and really cool, fun stuff that I teach people that they can use. I use it for golfers too. Mm. You taught me that last week or the week before, and I've been using that, and it's been fantastic. I've written a whole new <laughs> program since using that. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm writing a whole program. It's just fantastic, and you're easy to work with. You know, you know. sometimes we're talking early before about therapists. You know, sometimes you can be intimidated by therapists, and as you were saying, you know, or, or psychologists and all that kind of stuff, and you, you feel like, it's kind of like stepping into a medical system. You always feel like you're the underdog. You always feel like they're the authoritarian, you know, and, and, and you've got to be submissive and there's something wrong with you. You're broken, you know, and you have to obey. You have to obey the system, you know. And I think for me, I refuse. I'm not going to any of those places and I get the shits on if I go to the doctor and they don't listen to me, you know, I, I really get the shits on. What's nice about you is you don't present with that authoritarian sort of stance and you don't no. you don't come with any judgment do you, you know and you're just a, you're just a beautiful human that throws your heart oh. into now I really mean this and I did you know I'm not, I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast and you're selling you and stuff you know I wouldn't say you know I wouldn't say it if I didn't I know you wouldn't say it <laughs> you would tell you would tell people she's shitty don't go see her <laughs> no, I no no I never do that I just don't speak no you wouldn't have me on your podcast no. <laughs> Well, I never, sl- I never slag people, you know, if, if I've got no. something bad to say, I'd rather not talk. But the minute you start in a Zoom with you, I can't wait to meet you in person, by the way, you, you just you okay. just blend. And, deal. And, and yes, yeah, a deal. It's a deal. I'm coming to stay in Vermont in the bloody log cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Let's set a date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we better got to wait till all this bloody COVID settles down, but... But honestly, like I, I, you just have this beautiful energy about you and it makes you feel safe. And I think that's a credit to you. When you're talking about gifts, that is your gift. Like I know you've got other gifts in there, but the gift that you bring just to make people feel comfortable and safe and accepted and not judged is huge. And before you're talking, you. my, my pleasure, before you're talking about um, you know, peep that, that guy who uh, simplifies things. And I think, you know, 
it's taken me many, 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 many years to, to realise that one of my strongest gifts, and it comes around that trust thing again, is, is to automatically make people feel safe in an environment, you know, and to make them feel like, oh, it's just a, right. chat, it's just a chat on the couch. You know, this is, and, and the, the, they're valuable. These kind of skills, these kind of um, things that we bring naturally to a, to a space, they're valuable and yet we take them for granted you know and we've all got them we've all got different different little gifts that we bring and yet we're too busy looking at other people saying oh but she's really good at this and he's really good at that and I'm just me you know and I was on a Zoom this morning and someone said, tell us about you. And I said, oh, God, I get sick of telling, I get sick of sprouting my story. And I said, I just find it so boring. And yet she was um, totally in awe. Do you know, she's like, oh, my God, hey, you know, that, that's just wonderful. And I think we don't, we don't recognise, do we? And sometimes, um, no. sometimes we need to just get unlocked, you know, just to recognise it. Well, that's it. Because what people, it's important for people to understand that every single person is here with a gift. Yep. There's not, it's everyone has an individual thumbprint. Everyone has a gift. It's about discovering it. And what's really interesting and, and it's hard is that if you've carried a belief system, that's not yours of trauma of an ancestor. So you have no idea about this, or even in utero trauma happened to your mother while she was carrying you or, or, you know, something she was worried about something, or I can't handle this baby right now. The baby comes out feeling unwanted. And so they have this belief that they're unwanted, even though no one ever said that to them. Yeah. It's the feelings. And, and those are the things that carry us through our lives. And we don't know why. And the beauty of, of hypnotherapy and people are afraid of it because they think, you know, they're stage hypnotists. And, and I always laugh because I'm like, I don't not even know how to do that. It's a completely different thing. Once for entertainment, this is, it's like that place of being between asleep and being awake. You're in complete control. I have people get up and go to the bathroom. When you drive and you miss an exit, you're in that it's an alpha state. Like when we do this with our fingers, it's the same state. You're instantly in that relaxed state when you meditate. And so when people start to understand that it's a simple process, I'm not going to, I'm not going to control you. I'm not going to tell you who to be. That's not what I do. I'm like, you know who you are, you discover it and you pull that up. And then I'm like, help people honor it. Mm. This is your gift, honor it. And, you know, when you said that about judgment, and I actually said, one of my best friends said that to me today, I love the way you don't judge. Mm. Because when you've been on the other side of it, and you know what it feels like to be judged. Mm. And I was like, I just want to be left alone and just be who I am. You know, because if, if I decide that I want to have purple hair, I'll have purple hair. If I want to, you know, live in Vermont on a mountain, you know, maybe that's not for you, but it works for me and that's okay. And, and um, people, my son was telling me the story. He was golfing last week and there was a, a father, son, six-year-old on the course, top 20 player in the country. The six-year-old? <laughs> six-year-old. Six-year-old, oh, wow. a kid that Max, Max was in awe. And what he said, he saw the father doing with him was he asked his son, what do you see? And the son would tell him, 
okay, how do you see that? What what is your plan? He never coached his son and told him what to do. He's teaching his son how to, how to figure it out himself. Yep. And I was in awe of that. I wish I had had more of that when, when my kids were little, because we're so good. We're taught, you know, you do this way and these are the rules. And we take that gift away from people and we squash it down. And we tell them that what their beliefs are, aren't right or aren't good. And we suppress. And now it's, it's, I like to give permission for people to be themselves. And, and when I discovered my why, how, and what I felt like a tree trunk and Maya Angelou talks about in her poem, it's like, I am a tree by the river. I shall not be moved. And that's what I feel like now when I I'm, I'm aligned with who I am. And now someone can't tell me who I should be. Cause I know I don't doubt anymore. And that's been the power of the work that I do. Mm. I love that. You, you mentioned before about knowing what your customer's why is, how would you find that out? Like other than coming to you to do the the test you can't really say to every customer listen i'm not going to deal with you until you go to lisa um tell me what your why is come back and then i can work out how to communicate with you are there any clues that you could start to think about absolutely well you start you start to narrow it down so you want to start with do do i work with women do i work with men does it matter if it's male or female you want to you want to narrow it down what profession do they have I love to work with entrepreneurs. I love to work with, you know, small, mid-sized companies. I love to work with, you know, executives that, that are in a place where like, where they used to be really jazzed about their life. And then something's gone awry. Like that passion isn't there anymore and they feel lost and it can be in their personal or their professional life. But, but my partner and I had the, we spent a lot of time. If this is not an easy thing to do, we, we were narrowing, narrowing down. Okay. People who are different because we're both challenged. Someone who comes to me, isn't going to be a right way person because a right way person is going to want to go to a conventional, you know, person who has a program. I, I do it more geared to the individual and everyone is, I work with differently. And then we, we said, okay, so people who think differently, entrepreneurs, people who like to be different. So that's who we started to market towards are people who are looking for different and a better way. And then you just narrow and narrow and narrow, and then you have to get your message. Now, I'm not a branding expert. That's not where my my expertise is. Mine is really about the individual and 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 companies helping them find their why. And um, it's about getting to that emotional place. And it always starts with your story. Like you have a reason why you do what you do. I told a little bit of my story earlier about coming from a place of great pain. That's my why. So there are other people who are going to identify with that in my why. And as a coach, those are the people who I want to work with because I, I identify with them. So depending upon what your industry is, you want to look at, you know, why you got into this business. What are those kind of people? What do you, what do you want? What's going to draw them in? Everyone, my clients are mirrors for me. They're mirrors. Yeah. So 
I can't believe an hour's already gone because this has just been bloody fantastic and I love talking about oh, it. Oh, well, thank you. If people want to come to you to do this, this whole why exploration, which is just fantastic, or, or hypnotherapy or, or, or NLP, yeah. it doesn't matter what you go to Lisa for because you're on a bloody winner. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, you're so awesome. <laughs> Well, you know what? I used to, before COVID, I used to do majority of my work in my office and now it's 95% online. So as long as people don't have people clanging around upstairs and flushing toilets while they're cleaning, (laughs) you should be good. Like like you have. So sorry, guys, if you heard the toilet flush before, it's Lisa's cleaner. <laughs> but um, for the most part, if it's quiet and you also have your, your laptop or your computer plugged in, because I had someone in the middle of a session, their battery ran out. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so other than that, if you have quiet and, and good juice on your, uh, on your computer, um, yeah, uh, I do a free consultation. The Y test is a five-minute test that I email. It comes from the Y Institute. And then I go through a process. It takes an hour per se. It depends on the person. But um, we go through a whole process of discovering your take. We have your why. And then it's a process of elimination of finding out what your how and your what are. And then from there, you, you, you better understand, like you were talking about contribute people who give and give and give and have trouble saying no. So then I can work with people. Now we can really narrow down and zero in on some of the issues that people have. It, it, it's a, it's really awesome in that way as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can do it. And, and I, and I told you that I was going to offer a special for the people who are watching this. Yeah. So normally it's 250 us dollars and uh, for your listeners, it'll be $150. Oh, 150. So give you a nice discount. Oh, you're amazing. Because I have to pay for the test. But that's amazing, you know, and it's it's so worth it because it's not just, it's not just, you, you know, why it's like working with you and that's the special bit um, and, and working out all these ways you can do it and implement it into your life and how you can start to get yourself like having this uh, tree trunk feeling like you're saying yes. and, and understand yourself better. And, and, and it, it sort of gives you permission to have guidelines, you know, rather than feeling guilty about guidelines, you got permission to say no. These are my guidelines and I feel great about this. Exactly. I love it. So um, I've got, I'm going to ask you in a minute where people can find you, but I always have to ask what advice you're going to give, right? So, um, so because this podcast is get off the bench, you've, you've boomed it. You've just gotten it. And I love that you got off the bench to help yourself. Like, and, right. and that, like, that's one of my things. I want to work with people who want to help themselves. Cause I think that's a, I see that as a really wonderful characteristic in people when they can decide to help themselves so anyway I'm going to keep ranting if I don't shut up and ask you the question so what advice advice would you give to people as a tip as a tip to shift their mindset so they can get on with starting something that's important to them I will tell you from my own personal experience the thing that I'm most afraid of is the thing that I have to work on And my whole life, my greatest fear was to be alone. So what does God do? God puts me alone on the side of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And you know what? I've never been happier. Yeah. So it's the fear of the fear. So once you overcome that fear, then it's a piece of cake because it's like, 
I've walked fire. I've walked on broken glass. I remember the, the tremendous fear that I had. And then once I walked that, walked them, I was like, oh my God, once I do that, I can do anything. Mm. Um, so face your fear, look at what your fears are and then go inward. And is it, what is it I'm actually afraid of? Is, is it, am I afraid of the fear? Or, you know, there, there's a lot of, of things that you can do to kind of narrow it down. Cause also it can feel so overwhelming mm. you start. And so when you break it down, you realize that it's not as scary as you thought it was. And I have to say that I had to be alone to face it. And now I've, I'm, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. Although if there are any single men who are <laughs> just happy to date, I'm not saying that. <laughs> you have to go to Vermont. <laughs> you have to come to Vermont. I mean, you have to like the cold, but um, no, but, but, but I had to sit with myself and I had to learn and discover who I am. Yeah. In order to, to feel whole, I had to go through this process. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think the, the best antidote to fear is action anyway. So just yes, get up and do get it. off the bench. Get off the bench. <laughs> get, get off the bench. <laughs> Take some action and face your fears. Uh, and you know what? Half the time, most of the time, you know, yeah, most of the time, the fear, it, it doesn't, like you said, it's, it's never as bad. It's never as bad as no, we've psychologically convinced bad. ourselves that it's actually going to be. So, oh, no, I love that. All right. Where can people find you? The funniest thing, I just muted because my house phone never rings. Ever. <laughs> ever. And, and now it's right. And, and we don't usually use my cell phone. No one knows my, my home number. <laughs> I don't give it. <laughs> oh my God, that was funny. All right, I'm sorry. Um, so you can find me on it's it's peak performance mindset coaching because there's a mind coaching guy who must spend millions of dollars because he shows up on top <laughs> always um the, i have two websites you can also find me through lisa Shermerhorn coaching but uh, uh, it's peak performance mindset coaching is my business that i have with my partner kevin martin who's also amazing and we do workshops we do group coaching as well as the individual vip coaching yeah and uh yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I just love it. Oh, that's awesome. And you're also on LinkedIn as Lisa Shermerhorn and uh, Facebook. Yes. There's a couple of Facebooks as Lisa and Peak Performance. And then there's also Insta as uh, Lisa Friedman Shermerhorn. However, I will put all of these uh, links in the show notes so that people can just click yes. on them. But to do the, um, if they want to do the why test, they just email you at Lisa at peakperformancemindsetcoaching.com and then they can uh, yes. kick it off from there. And just mention that they saw the podcast and I'll uh, give them the discount. Yeah, oh, you're a gem. You're amazing. And I and I will I will a hundred percent put my money where my mouth is with Lisa because she's um she's changed my life and and yeah and I don't say that lightly. Oh. I, I bloody do not say that lightly. You know I can now charge money. I feel like you know I'm solid, and that doesn't mean my life's perfect because you know we, we all we all have our ups and downs, and we all bloody keep crashing and burning all the time but um just moving that one big log out of my way has made a massive difference to me so you come with my full recommendation I tell you absolutely wow can I just carry you around with me 
<laughs> Just take a little recording. People say that I'm the best. I'm the best advertisement they could ever get. I'm you just, are the best advertisement. I'm just such a champion for people doing the right thing. Do you know, and I'm just. I reckon I'm the world's biggest cheerleader for people doing good. Do you, you know, and it's. Uh, it needs to be said. This is a problem. We often don't do that. We often don't. Um, we're terrible at, at talking about ourselves, and we're also terrible at champion, championing other people. And I think we need to get better at that. And, we need to. And, and I'm a big proponent of collaborating and being of service to others and lifting other people up. Yeah. And you do that so well. That's, that's, you know, that's who you are. Thank you. They are. That's who you are. Thank you. <laughs> the mutual admiration society. Now it's the, uh, it's the contributor in you. Yay. <laughs> I love it. I love it guys. You're going to love Lisa. If you, if you connect with her, my G, you're going to love this, but anyway, I'm, I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Thank you for um, getting a cleaner in at exactly the same time that we're recording the podcast so she could flush the toilet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm left just speechless. <laughs> I, I said to her that I was about to go on a podcast and then I heard the clanging and I'm like, oh, please God. And of course I bought my first real official microphone to use this so if I used my headphones it probably no one would have heard it but this picks up everything so note to self (laughs) (laughs) I love it it. Uh, but honestly thank you so much for joining us I I truly truly appreciate appreciate you appreciate your time appreciate your, your very generous offer to my listeners and I just you just you're just one hell of a human. I just wish the world there were more of you in the world. You know, you're just amazing. I truly mean that. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to float out of here. <laughs> this, is this is recorded, so you can just play it back anytime you want. I'll just play it back. <laughs> See? Oh, this was an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, you know, look forward. Maybe we can do some collaboration sometime and uh, do, do some stuff to help more people. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And and you better teach me to ski too. So we'll get to that. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I have snowshoes for you. <laughs> Shit, we'll start you on snowshoes. Now, now, see, be careful what you say because it bloody turns out. <laughs> I hate the snow. <laughs> Well, then you have to come here in the summer because you're coming into your winter. So now's a perfect time to come. Perfect time next year. (laughs) Yes, next year. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It's just absolutely wonderful and look forward to our next chat. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. See ya. Oh, guys, how was that? I absolutely love talking to Lisa. I, I love, and I'm and I'm dead set about that. She has changed my life. And honestly, it was just a case of just, she just sat there and asked a few questions and I somehow unlocked all this stuff in me and she's got this knack of just doing that. And I, I, I tell you what, if you've got a blockage, she's the one. She is absolutely the one. And I'm not big on recommending people unless I 100% believe they can do it. And the other thing is to check out that the stuff about the why from the why Institute that Lisa's doing. And it 
I just love your why. I think it's so critical that we understand why we're doing things. And it's not just in work, it's in life. Why do we get up every day? You know, what is that thing that just keeps us going? And once we can, you know, lock it in like a tree trunk, like Lisa said, it just gives you, like she said, a barometer, you know, to know what, what, who you want to work with, how you want to work, you know, what you will and won't tolerate in life, you know, what your non-negotiables are. And I really reckon that we're a lot of us are wafting around the place, really unsure of who we are, what we want, why we're doing it and all that stuff. And I just think that find a few reasons to find your why and get that locked in. And it makes such a powerful difference. And if you're thinking about it, go do it. And 150 US dollars, you've got to make sure you mention you heard it through here. And that is really bloody a good bargain to change your life it truly is anyway um i'm going to get on a roll again but i i love this stuff and i'm so grateful that you kick in every week and um listen to this and uh hope you have a fantastic week and see you next week see ya hey thanks for joining me it really does mean the world to me now if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.